are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. It's it right now. Yeah, it was a hot day today. So hot. I tried to take Simba for a walk because um, he wanted to go out, and we got down our driveway, which is relatively short. It's like the length of a car. And then he was like, no. And he's he, like, oh, never mind. <laughs> he turned himself around and refused to walk with me. I feel that. It was like 90 degrees, and he was like, mm-mm, oh, we're not doing this today. And I was like, you know what? I relate. So then we yeah, went inside where it was air-conditioned. I agree with yeah. him. <laughs> okay, so um, finally we got a little bit of break from um, the people killing each other. Oh, and, yes. Um, we're going to do some, some fun little paranormal stories today. Yay. Well, one story. I, my brain isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get started. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grimm. Woo! Okay, so I um I actually didn't realize how much relevance, well, not like how much, but like, it, it's, the story today is um, about Myrtle's plantation, which okay. obviously is a plantation, and they did own slaves, and I didn't realize that, because I didn't realize it was Myrtle's plantation, it just said Myrtle's, like, house when I was looking oh. it up, and then I, like, actually started reading, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yikes. People are, people are being haunted. Yeah. Uh, by slaves. So, Fun. <laughs> okay, so basically, you know, it's a little bit of background. When Europeans first arrived in America, the Native Americans had been really living on the land and off of the land for thousands of years. But, you know, the Europeans didn't have that much respect for these people in their culture, and they usually just built right over, like, things that had a lot of meaning to the Native Americans, um, mm. which included burial grounds. Mm. Um, I'm sure you can with that. It was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Not good. Um, yeah, you know, I really, really wish that with all the superstition, you know, that was happening in Europe, I feel like they would have had a little bit more regard for burial grounds, but I guess not. So you would think so. Yeah. I, but it doesn't no, always I, work out. <laughs> I mean, personally, if I was one of them, like, rip to them, but I'm different, I would I would have a little bit more respect for people, the spot where people were buried, you know? Yeah. Or just people <laughs> in general. Or general. Yeah. It do be like that. Um, so, Myrtle's Plantation is in St. Francisville, near Baton Rouge, and it is one of the buildings that is rumored to be built on a Native American burial ground. And... I don't know if it's related, but it's also one of the most haunted places in America. Okay. I would say it is. I, it's, there's at least part of it that's related. Yeah. It is home to no less than 12 ghosts. Could be okay. definitely 12. That's a lot. Um, and legend has it that up to 10 murders happen in the house. Not, not good. But there's only one murder on record. But, like, people have been, like, yeah, there are definitely oh. been other people who have been killed in the house. But, like, the official record only says one person has died. Okay. Um, 
So just a little bit of an overview. There is the ghost of a man called William Winter, um, a young Native American woman, the spirits of the former owners, their two children, a murdered slave woman, and at least one Civil War soldier. And then just like another girl has been seen, but like they don't know who she is. She's just there. Okay. Apparently she practices voodoo though, so like that's the oh. kind of ghost I want to be. <laughs> uh, the plantation has like antebellum splendor, which I had to look up because I'm just not smart, I guess. It means before the Civil War. Like I've heard it before, but I never really knew what it meant. Yeah, I didn't know what it meant until I heard like um like Lady Antebellum, the band is like changing mm-hmm. their name now, and I was like, wait, I thought that was I did, like I had no idea that it was like an actual word. I had only re- like known it with the band so yeah that's yeah but it does mean before the civil war um and it is a circa 1796 national historic register plantation home famous for its mystic and riveting history fun um it was built in 1796 by general david bradford and it is marketed i guess is one of america's like most haunted locations and house I'm not sure if they're, like... Because, like, there is house, and then there's, like, the like, plantation around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also, like, built more recently, like, guest houses and stuff like that. But oh, okay. it's haunted. <laughs> um, and when he first got, got it, he called it Laurel Grove. Okay. Um, also, the mansion is surrounded by, like, live oak trees that are centuries old, which I just think is super cool. Ooh. I love that. Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) At first glimpse, the home and the environment uh, are really just about peace and tranquility. Like, if you go there, apparently it's just, like, super peaceful. But, um, it's haunted, so. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) But then the ghosts do be there. (laughs) Then, But then there are spirits of the dead. Yeah. Not as tranquil. yeah, not not really. You know, I, you'd think that one of America's most haunted houses wouldn't be marketed as peaceful and tranquil, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand what's up with their branding, but like, <laughs> it's healthy. <laughs> uh, and in fact, they also offer both guided day tours and private tours daily. And they also have like complimentary self-guided tours if you don't want to like, pay for a guide. Oh. And there are evening mystery tours on Friday and Saturday. And they have a bed and breakfast, so I guess they're really just profiting about all, like, from the ghosts, you know? They're like, hey, (laughs) come be haunted. Uh, It is 26 miles north of Baton Rouge and 96 miles north of West New Orleans, so it's in a pretty decent location, I would say. And um, it has, surrounding it, 27 unique shops, 14 places to eat, 7 plantation homes, and 14 other attractions. So, you know, it seems like a pretty fun place to... Hip happening. Hip happening. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so the plantation house itself is built facing east, and I'm guessing this has something to do with like feng shui or something like that. But I don't know. Um, when my parents, like when we were in India, my parents' friends, they had the option to like build their own house, so they made it like completely regarding the rules of feng shui. Ooh. That's just kind of wild. Plan their whole house. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um but I just think that's kind of wild that people like take it so seriously. Yeah. Like I respect it, you know? Yeah. But um 
It has a clapboard exterior and is built in the Creole cottage style that it was super common for Louisiana plantation houses in the 19th century. Um, a clapboard exterior. I had to look this up too because I was like, what the hell is that? Apparently, it's just like long, thin, flat pieces of wood that are like overlapping up the side of a house. So, I mean, I feel like I've seen that here, like, in New England as well, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's pretty common. Yeah. Um, The original house that was built in 1796 was one and a half stories, and then in the mid-1850s, it was extended south, and that basically almost doubled its size, but I will talk about that in a second. Um, The entry doors are surrounded by transom, which, again, I had to look up. I don't know all of these, like, house terms, but all of the articles throwing them out there. I, I don't know what this means. <laughs> you need to watch eight, more HGTV, Sonia. I really do. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like if I did, I'd understand what these words are. But I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I had to, like, look at a picture and be like, ah, I get it now. <laughs> uh, a house. <laughs> a house. Um, but that's basically just, like, a flat surface, like a support beam. And it also had side lights, which are just, like, long vertical windows set by the door and those both like showcase the original hand-painted stained glass and like french cross um that they put on there to ward off evil oh i don't think it worked but okay yeah i'm not sure that it completely worked but yeah you know good effort good effort (laughs) (laughs) um and the main feature of the house is the 125 foot long veranda that goes around the entire house and like wraps around the southern part of it as well and they used ornamental cast iron railing with an elaborate grape cluster design which i just think would be super fun that sounds yeah really nice like super fancy like that's what i want (laughs) grape clusters yeah (laughs) Uh, um, when the original roof of the house was extended when they like built more they had to um like copy the windows and then like to make it like longer and smoother just took like a lot of effort for them to do because they had to like physically extend the windows oh they were willing to do that i guess for more space interesting um the house has 22 rooms spread over two floors um that's a lot of rooms that's a lot of rooms like i guess it makes sense because they're kind of using it as a bed breakfast right now but before then when they just had what are they doing? Yeah, what are you gonna do with those twenty-two rooms? How many friends do you have staying over? Family or you just sleep in one every night. You just like move. <laughs> Switch it up. Switch it up a little bit. <laughs> so the entry hall stretches the entire length of the house and has faux bois, thick wood. Again, something I had to look up because I don't know French anymore, I guess. <laughs> um and it also has a French baccarat sh- crystal chandelier that weighs more than 300 pounds wow um that's a lot of pounds how does that stay hanging that's my question too i feel like you'd need to have it like super reinforced yeah but from all the pictures that i've seen it's just it's like not uh, that that makes me uncomfy right like can you imagine just like being that like unsuspecting guest walking underneath it when it finally snaps uh-uh <laughs> add another ghost no thank you <laughs> um that would be pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the stained glass entrance, which is original to the house that was built in the, seven, the late 1700s, 
uh, has the French cross on it. And I guess that was, I don't know if I mentioned this before, it was hand-painted and then also etched into the glass. Wow. So they really wanted to ward off the evil. They really, they wanted to. They they tried. They the really did there. <laughs> That's all that counts. Um, but also, in 2020, the flooring and most of the windows in the house are the original windows and wow. flooring. They also have a music room on the first floor that's adjacent to the only bedroom on the first floor. 22 rooms, and, like, the bedrooms are all upstairs. <laughs> wow. Um, that's they pretty have a music room. room. They do have a music room, but I can just imagine being, like, exhausted and downstairs and being like, now I have to climb up stairs to go to bed. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah, that's a lot. Um... The walls of the original house were removed and repositioned when they remodeled it to create four large rooms that were, like, identical ladies' and gentlemen's parlors, but they just wanted to separate the ladies from the men. Um, And then they made one of them a formal dining room and one of them a game room. Um, Or is it, like, gender non-conforming or, like, non-binary? They don't have a place in the house, I guess. They have to pick one. Kind of rude. I don't, yeah, don't vibe. Maybe yeah, just make vibe. two parlors and be like, free for all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go. Honestly. Um, the second floor also has five bedrooms with ensuite bathrooms. The largest bedroom is called Judge Clark Woodruff Suite, and that's the only room that's accessed by the main staircase. And then the other four bedrooms are separated by a sitting room and can only be accessed by a staircase that goes up from the back. Again, the planning here, not the best. Yeah, I don't, I think I would get lost a lot. (laughs) I would too. I'd be like, yeah, I'm just trying to get to my room and then take the central staircase and be like, whoops. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, the floor of the rooms were houses renovated because they made higher ceilings. So they were like, kept too high and raised the floor a foot. Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a fan of high ceilings, so, like, odd flex, but okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the gaming dining rooms that are downstairs on the first floor, the dining room was a place where people would hold, like, fancy dinner, discussed the events of the day, but... Know. And the gaming room was a quote restful and intimate atmosphere for games of chance end quote. Okay, I, I was gonna ask what means. I think like gambling. That's what I was thinking too. But like chance, that's such a weird way to say gambling. It's the fancy way. <laughs> okay, makes sense. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go down to Vegas for a couple of games of chance. See, does not sound so much like more mysterious. It, yeah, it sounds more eloquent. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the current plantation landscape is really centered around this really big pond that has a small island in the center, and there's a gazebo on the island. I love a good island. Same. Can you just imagine owning a plot of land big enough to have a pond with an island? That's, like, amazing. (laughs) That's, like, that's goals. That's what I want. (laughs) Um, and you can get the gazebo via bridge that's a rest pond the oldest like structure on the grounds is right behind the main house it's door and 
Bird lived when the main house was being built. Currently, it is used as the gift shop, laundry place, room, uh, plantation offices, and also at the guest breakfast spot. Okay. So it's really just used for yeah, everything. Like yeah. miscellaneous. <laughs> They're like, here's the plantation, and here's the room, and there's miscellaneous. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, everything else. <laughs> and then if you go south from the general store, there's another like building that's drawn. So, you know, miscellaneous and then restaurant. Yeah. Fun. There's also 5,000 square foot brick courtyard which is again super cool i want enough land to do that same and then yeah (laughs) and then all over the rest of the property there are modern wooden cottages that guests can stay at oh okay so it's fun they have a lot of rooms a lot of places to stay apparently it's pretty popular so if you're ever gonna visit the south you should go check it out yeah okay so let's talk about the history a little the first person I want to talk about is called Whiskey Dave. Ooh, I like crazy. Him <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's wild. He sounds um, like he has fun, <laughs> yeah, right? Like Whiskey <laughs> Dave. It's not actually as fun. Um, oh no! The whole like drama around the Myrtle's plantation began in 1796 when General David Bradford, known as Whiskey Dave of the Whiskey oh. Rebellion, fled oh. the United States to avoid arrest and imprisonment. Um, the Whiskey Rebellion was a tax protest that lasted from 1791 to 1794. Okay. So he was just called Whiskey Dave because he protested the tax, I guess. So it was like a tax on whiskey that he yeah. did not want. I mean, relatable, I guess. Like, people don't yeah. want their alcohol taxed. He wants that cheap whiskey. <laughs> um, I don't blame him. Yeah. So he went to Bayou Serra and then a Spanish colony and got a land grant of 650 acres from the Baron to start a new life. And he lived there on said 650 acres alone for several years until President John Adams pardoned him for his role in the Whiskey Rebellion in 1799. So then he moved his wife Elizabeth and their five children to the plantation where they, like, where they were in Pennsylvania. They went down to plantation. Okay. Um, he died in 1808, but then his widow, I guess, continued running the plantation until 1817. And then from there, she gave management to Clark Woodruff, who was one of Bradford's former law students, um, who also was married to her daughter, Sarah. Oh, okay. So it's just everything's connected. And she was like, you know, I don't want it anywhere here. Um, (laughs) So, Sarah and Clark had three children, Cornelia, Gail, James, and Mary Octavia. Um, and then Sarah and two of her three children died in 1823 and 1824 of yellow fever. Oh, no. Sad. I, I guess, like, it makes sense. Yeah. But it just kind of blows my mind that people still died of things like that, you know? Yeah. It's like yellow fever. That's not, like, a thing anymore. <laughs> Here, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where was I? In 1820, the plantation was officially sold to Clark Woodruff, who then decided to remodel. Um, Elizabeth Bradford died in 1831, 
And then Clark and his surviving daughter, Mary Octavia, moved to Covington, Louisiana, and left a caretaker to manage the plantation. Okay. Uh, 14 years later, from 1820, actually, not from where we were just talking about. Um, sorry, in 1834, the house, the plantation, the land, and the slaves were all sold to Rough and Gray Sterling. Um, him and his wife, Mary Catherine Cobb, remodeled the house, and basically that's when it, they like doubled the size of the building, and they filled it with imported furniture from Europe. So she was a fancy, classy lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was during this time when they were remodeling that they changed the name to the Myrtles after the crepe Myrtles that grew on, on the plantation. Oh. So that's where the name comes from. Because, um... I was very confused as well because I was reading all of these things and I was like, no one is called Myrtle. Why is it called the Myrtle's Plantation? <laughs> um, so Sterling died in 1854 and left the plantation to his wife, Mary Catherine Cobb. The plantation actually survived through the American Civil War, even though during the course of the war, I guess it was like looted, like robbed of all of the furnishings and accessories and stuff like that. So, like, all of the fancy imported things were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the war it was from 1861 to 1865. And then when the war ended in 1865, Mary Cobb Sterling hired William Drew Winter to help manage the plantation as her lawyer and agent. Um, okay. If you remember that name, it's from the beginning. He's a ghost there. Okay. Yeah. Um this because William Drew Winter was married to her daughter Sarah. They had six kids. Unfortunately, one of them, Kate, died of typhoid when she was three. There's a lot of Sarahs. There's yeah. just a second Sarah. Yeah, I know. There, there are a lot of Sarahs. <laughs> yeah. It's a very common name for them. This is true. <laughs> um, the family did end up losing their fortune after the war ended because all of their money, like the plantation is in the South, all of their money was in Confederate currency. Which, as we know, was the losing side of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were forced to sell the plantation in 1868. But they got enough money back to buy it two years later. Oh. So, yeah. That, did they buy it back? Yeah, they did buy it back. Oh. They just, like, sold it and then bought it again. Interesting. Um, in 1871, William Winter was killed on the porch of his house, possibly by a man called E.S. Weber. Like, it's not confirmed, but they think that it was him. Okay. Um, Sarah stayed at the plantation with her family until she died in 1878. And then when Mary Cobb Sterling died in 1880, the plantation was handed over to her stepson, or to her son, sorry, Stephen. Okay. Um, so yeah, it changed hands a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it kept the name, like people didn't want to rename it. Yeah. That's... Were we just talking about that, like renaming buildings? Yeah, and you said you thought it was, like, kind of bad luck, like, renaming a, a horse or... Like a ship or something, yeah. Yeah. So they didn't change the name. Still called the Myrtles Plantation. Um, I like it. It's kind of cute. Yeah. It reminds cute. me of... Um, I just remember when I was in Girl Scouts, we went to the Boston Aquarium, and there was a turtle called Myrtle the Turtle. <laughs> and that's all I can think about when I hear the name Myrtle now. <laughs> that's so cute. Oh, my God. She was a great turtle. I love that. Myrtle the turtle. Myrtle the turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
So, where was I? I found it. Okay. So, Mary Copsterling died in 1880. The plantation was handed over to her son, Stephen. But they were in a lot of debt, not surprisingly, because, you know, it's a big plantation and they didn't have that much money since they lost Mm -hmm. it all in the war. So, Stephen sold it to Oren D. Brooks in 1886. Oren D. Brooks then sold it in 1889. And since then, the plantation was sold several more times until... 1891 when it was bought by Harrison Milton Williams. Okay. In the early 1900s, the land around the house and also like the plantation and stuff were divided between his children. In 1950, the actual house was sold to Marjorie Munson, who then started noticing, or sorry, 1850. Okay. No, 1950. Okay. <laughs> My brain is not working. I was I wrote, say, wait, did we just go back? <laughs> no, I wrote 19850. <laughs> My that. notes are a mess. <laughs> um, but so in nineteen in the nineteen fifties, um, Marjorie Munson started noticing weird things happening and that resulted in a lot of different ghost stories. Oh, okay. So before then, people were like, yeah, it's not haunted. And then in 1950, they were like, it's haunted. Marjorie was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> He's like, yeah, the ghosts, they're here. <laughs> um, the plantation was again bought and sold many times in the 1970s before it was bought by James and Francis Kierman Myers. Okay. Uh, they were the ones who decided to turn the plantation into a bed and breakfast. Okay. Um, and Frances was a writer who used the name Frances Kierman, and she wrote a book about the plantation. And in that book, she wrote about the fact that it was the most haunted house in America. Oh, okay. Eventually, the plantation was bought by John and Tita Moss, and they still open the house up to people who want to visit and take a tour or just, like, stay overnight or something like that. So it's still open today. Um... In August of 2014, there was actually a fire that happened in the general store, and this caused a lot of damage to the main building, since the store was, like, 10 feet away from the main building, but not really the store, which is weird. Just kind of burnt the building. That's interesting. Um, But there was severe damage to an extension of the building that they built in 2008. So the fire didn't burn the original main house, but it burnt, like, this extension Hmm. that they just built. Okay. Um, But I just thought that was interesting, because, like... The fire was in the store, but it didn't really damage yeah, the store. But it was mostly on the main house. That's interesting. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> kind of confusing, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little. Okay. So let's talk about the legend of Chloe. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I read that and I was like, shit, maybe I'm supposed to read this. Um, so, at our, I'm just sorry, I just want to yeah. explain. At our high school, there was like, um, I don't. Well, it's kind of a legend of a girl named Chloe. Yes, basically. Yeah. So we thought it was a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> so she's possibly the most well-known ghost at the Myrtle's Plantation. Um, she was reportedly a slave owned by Clark and Sarah Woodruff. According to one story, Clark Woodruff, this is a little bit nasty. Oh, no. um, he like either pressured or like forced Chloe into being his mistress. Oh, no. I wrote in my notes, nasty. Yeah, that is nasty. Gross. (laughs) Um, But there are other, like, versions of this story where they just say that Chloe listened in at, like, keyholes and stuff like that and, like, through the door um, to learn news of his business dealings. They don't really say a purpose. She just did that. Um, She was caught 
according to legend. Depending on which legend you hear, it was either by Clark or Sarah. Like, if it was the one where she was a mistress, it was by Sarah. But if it was the other, okay. it was by Clark. And one of her ears was cut off, so she wore a green turban to hide it. Oh, no. Um, and then she supposedly baked a cake that had um, the extract from boiled and reduced oleander leaves, which are, like, poisonous. Oh, okay. Depending on the legend, it's, like, debated as to why she did this. Some people were, like... Oh, she was getting revenge on the Woodruffs. Some people were like, oh, she was redeeming her position by curing the family of the poisoning. Like oh, that's, okay. Like, she wanted to poison them and then cure them. Okay. Um, but according to the legend, her plan backfired, and only Sarah and her two daughters ate the cake, and they all died from the poisoning. Oh, no. Um, Chloe was then supposedly hanged by the other slaves and then thrown into the Mississippi River. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, this is just a legend, though. The historical record doesn't support it at all. Because okay. there's no record of the Woodruffs ever owning a slave called Chloe. Or actually any slaves for some reason. Like, there's no record oh. of that. Okay. But, again, like, we know that there were slaves on the plantation. Because mm-hmm. it's a plantation in the South. So, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, that's uh, weird that there's no records. Weird. Yeah, it's a little bit fuzzy there. Um, And then the legends claim that Sarah and her two daughters were poisoned, but they weren't poisoned. According to records, they died of yellow fever. Oh, right. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter to the people if it's factual or not, because people have seen a, a woman wearing a green turban around the plantation. Okay. So, you know, she's there. We're just going to go with it. She's chilling. I haven't heard of anything that she's been seen. Okay. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of peaceful and tranquil. You just see her and then she's gone. I hope she's doing better. I hope so, too. (laughs) I feel like losing her ear is rough. It's quite a traumatic experience, I would assume. A pretty traumatic one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm traumatized just thinking about that. Yeah, same. (laughs) Like, when I went to Amsterdam, we went to the Van Gogh Museum and, like, he cut off his oh, ear. Yeah. It was a little bit scarring because, I don't know, I was like, can you imagine not being able to hear out of one side of you? I don't like it. Uh-uh. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, anyway, going back to the hauntings. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> uh, in 1992, they took a picture of, um, like, be- the distances between the buildings because the insurance company needed it. Um, but they saw in the picture what appeared to be a slave girl standing between two of the buildings on the plantation um so they wanted it like they took pictures of like the distance between all of the buildings because they wanted to be like for a fire insurance policy i guess Mm -hmm. um but they got this and (laughs) the national geographic explorer filming crew determined that the photograph definitely contained what appeared to be an apparition of a slave girl. The wow. girl appeared in the space between the general store and the butler's pantry of the mansion. And they know it's a ghost because the horizontal like exterior boards that were surrounding the mansion were clearly visible oh. like through her body. Um, and then the National Geographic Explorer used the photograph in their documentary about the place. And also, I don't know why they did this, but they were like, that picture should be a postcard. <laughs> So they did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, that's a little bit weird to me, but okay. Yeah. Me too. Um, 
So um, then Mr. Norman Benoit, I'm guessing that's how you say his name. It sounds like, it feels like that. It feels right. Um, he was a patent researchist. He visited the plantation in May of 1995 and requested permission to like research the postcard. So he enlarged the postcard and then he did like a shadow density thing mm-hmm. and he discovered that all of the physical measurements of the like figure were human dimensions and proportions, like the circumference of the head, the length of the shoulder to the elbow, the length of the elbow to the wrist, like all of those measurements indicated that it was an actual person. Okay. Instead of like not a ghost? No, like or... that like okay. it was the figure it of wasn't a just, person. Okay. Okay. Like it wasn't just like a blob. Okay. Like you can clearly see like it's a person. Okay. But you can see the, the background through her, so I see, I see. Freaky. Um, Like I mentioned, the house is supposedly built over a Native American burial ground. Mm. So people have seen the ghost of a young Native American woman around the plantation. Okay. Um, Again, like, none of these ghosts have done anything. They're just there. They're just chilling. Like, that's the kind of ghost I want to be, A chill ghost. Like, I just want to be like, hey, that place is haunted. But, like, they don't do anything. Yeah. Like, the inn that we talked about in Europe, those oh. ghosts were, like, out to get you. <laughs> those ghosts are on another level. <laughs> but these ones are Jay chillin'. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, during the Civil War, like I mentioned, the house was, like, looted by Union soldiers. Mm-hmm. And the legends claim that there were three people killed in the house then. Again, it's not, like actually documented that people were actually killed the only person who was actually documented to be killed was William um before like when he was murdered okay but they the legends claim that three soldiers were killed in the house and then supposedly there's a blood stain in the doorway that's roughly the size of a human body Ooh. that wouldn't be cleaned I, I don't like that so some of the legends say that it just will not come clean and other legends say that no one has been able to put like push a mop or a broom into the space where the blood is. Is it So is it still there today? I have no idea. I think they might have covered it up. Like, okay. That's what I'm guessing, because I don't really see anything. Like, I've looked at some pictures and I haven't really seen anything. Okay. Indicative of a blood stain. But that's freaky. That is freaky. Like, it, it always, like, kind of scares me when there's blood and it just won't go away. Yeah, wasn't that in one of the castles that yeah. they covered? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's just blood and then they had to cover it up because they just couldn't get rid of the stain. Yeah, I remember hating that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of nasty. A little bit. Just a little. Um, so there's a mirror in the house that also supposedly has the spirits of Sarah Woodruff and the two children that died oh. in it. Um, because according to legend and custom, the mirrors were supposed to be covered after someone dies. But the oh, okay. legend says that after either the poisoning or, like, the death of, by yellow fever of Sarah and her two children, there's one mirror that was, like, not covered. Ooh. So that trapped the spirits of Sarah and her children. I think someone should use that mirror and ask them what really happened. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, they have reported to see, like, handprints on the mirror, which is how they know that they're there. So probably feel like you could ask them. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe use, like, a Ouija board or something in the room. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, if you were poisoned, handprint on the mirror. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, do it through science. Just, like, you know. Yeah. Like, eventually, just stick one on there. Yeah. 
Um, the plantation is also reportedly haunted by a young girl who died in 1868, despite being treated by like a local voodoo practitioner. And she apparently appears in the room where she died and has been reported to practice voodoo on people sleeping in the room. Oh. Fun. What kind of voodoo does she do on them? I don't know. No one, like, no one's reported to have, like, been hurt in any way. All right. Maybe she's just really bad at it and, like, doesn't know how to <laughs> practice voodoo. Well, maybe she's just practicing it, you know? Like, she yeah. hasn't perfected it yet. Practice makes perfect, you know? True. Maybe she'll get good at it one of these days. Yeah. I believe in her. Yeah, so do I. You go, girl. <laughs> um... So then there's a ghost who reportedly walks up or like staggers or crawls. It depends on who has seen this, what they say. That's kind of creepy. That's really creepy. (laughs) Um, But they apparently crawl up the stairs and stop on the 17th step. Oh, no, thank you. Um, People say that this is a ghost of William Drew Winter, who was the only verified victim of like actual murder in the house because he was shot on his front porch. And according to legend, he, like, staggered slash crawled mm. up the stairs, but died on the 17th step. Okay. Um, then other versions of that legend say that he, like, crawled up the stairs, but then collapsed in his wife's arms on the 17th Aww. step. That's so sad. sad. Um, yeah. Upsetting. Very. I can't imagine that, seeing the person you love, like, Mm-mm. crawl up the stairs and then die in your arms. Oh, yeah. Nothing. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah, like, especially in that day and age, like, yeah, what was she gonna do? Yeah, um, then people have also heard his footsteps and stuff like that. Um, there's also a picture of a young girl who's dressed in antebellum clothing who appears to be like peering out of a window of a white rocking chair, and she apparently in the picture is seen to be looking directly at the camera. Oh. Um, her eyes, hair, and dress are clearly visible in the photograph, but no one knows who she is or how she got there, which is kind of creepy. Um, she's referred to as the ghost girl or of the Myrtles Plantation. Okay. So they took that, it's like a digital picture, it's not one of the older ones, I guess. Um, but they sent it to Dave Young of Paladin Paranormal for his opinion. So Dave, uh, sent it to professionals in the Society of Sight. I can't speak. <laughs> Secular research in England. Um, and then they also like gave it to a teacher and some of her students, I guess. They determined that it was taken on a Sony camera. And they also said that there's nothing unusual about the picture. Like, it wasn't doctored in any way. Oh, okay. So, but, yeah, it was definitely taken on site. And nothing was edited. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ghosts, man. They're wild. (laughs) Um, So yeah, the plantation is supposedly the home of at least 12 ghosts. And people who stay on the plantation, they have like on their website a list of things that people have said. So one person said, I see no reason why this type of camera should in any way be responsible for this strange phenomenon. Kind of saying that like, what I take from that is like, it shouldn't have happened, but it did happen. It's like Mm -hmm. something's up, you know? Um, and someone else said, um, not like the rather predictable orb and mists. Intriguing. Intriguing. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, it makes sense though, because I feel like everything that I've read has been like, yeah, it's a figure of a person, you know? Yeah. Whereas in a lot of other stories, it's like, 
a glowing line yeah in a picture yeah know? or like a blob yeah or like a blob yeah that could just um, be like dust or something yeah so i feel like if you see like actual people like that yeah. is more indicative of a haunting you know yeah uh, one person said, much more intriguing than the average paranormal photo we generally receive. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it feels like it's haunted to me. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd say, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I did read this article, or, like, blog post, I guess, by Sue Strachan. And um, she gave us, like, a little, a little, um recount of her time there so i'm just gonna go through that a little bit because i i always feel like whenever i read someone who's like actually been there and like writes down what happened i'm always like hey that's pretty cool i kind of want to go yeah i like it um so she said at 4 15 um i arrived just after official plantation tour hours with a guide very gracious graciously said she'll give me she'll give me a tour i can't speak i'm sorry (laughs) it is recommended that you buy tickets ahead of time because they do sell out Okay. Um, the front porch is adorned with ornate cast iron railings, which I was talking about. So cool. That is cool. Um, and the interior details, such as the open pierced freezework and the baccarat crystal chandelier from France, are also extravagant. As we tour the home, I peer into the famous mirror in the hallway. Did I see the faces of two children in it? Hmm. No. But those handprints are kind of creepy. Hmm. No. <laughs> but then okay so she said but those handprints are kind of creepy did she see handprints in the mirror yeah i'd assume so but she's like really chill about that (laughs) right i'd be like if i was if i saw handprints i'd be like i didn't see faces but there were definitely handprints on that creepy ass mirror over there and i am never looking at it again (laughs) definitely um so 5 p.m she said as I stroll through the lovely grounds with its large oak trees, azaleas, and yellow irises near a small pond in the back, I think this place is too pretty to be and begin to <laughs> debunk the theory. Chloe who poisoned her master's two children in a jealous rage. Some say Chloe didn't exist. It's too pretty to be haunted. It is. I, I think that's so funny. In the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, she writes, like, I just, I don't know, I was laughing when I read this the first time. Hmm. No. Hmm. No. <laughs> I just imagine saying that like really sassily, you know? Yeah. It's like, mm, no, I didn't see uh-uh. that. I didn't see nothing <laughs> in that mirror. <laughs> um, 5 30 p.m. However, just as I started taking photos of the house in the back, my digital camera refuses to work. Hmm. Ooh. That's odd. That is odd. <laughs> Fiddling with my camera over the fact that historical records do say attorney William Drew Winter, who is married to the Sterling's daughter, was murdered in the house. It is thought that his murder must have been motivated by his political involvement in the reconstruction at the time, but no one really knows. There is little evidence he collapsed on the 17th stair, and yet his contributions from beyond the grave supposedly include footsteps going up and down the stairs. Did I hear any creaking footsteps on the stairs? No. Did I see a black cat at the patio? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like, that's like that's question cool. answer thing. <laughs> it's so funny. It is. Um, but I do vibe with seeing a black cat on the patio, you know? Oh, yeah. I love a good black cat. I'm down. They're so cute. I want one so bad. Same. Just like, I just think that the aesthetic would be the vibes immaculate. Yes. You know? The vibes are what I'm looking for. 
I'm here for that. Um, 6 p.m., time to shake off the shivers and head to the caretaker's cottage where I'm staying tonight. Located to the side of the house, it has a nice-sized bed with an additional bunk bed squeezed in. I'm wondering if this is also where the ghost hunter saw a lamp move across the table without any explanation. Why is the gate to the wooden fence open it by itself? Fooled you! It was just uh, the wind. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can she prove that, though? Like, tea. Are you sure it was just the wind, you know? I wander over to the carriage house restaurant just behind the plantation for dinner. And then she talks about her food, which, honestly, fried eggplant topped with a chef's special seafood stuffing. Sounds good. That sounds amazing. Um, (laughs) 8.08 p.m., heading back to the cottage, and inside I realize that I have no TV. Time to relax, read a book, and enjoy the country sound. Crickets and the occasional car. Silence. Oh, and I just saw another black cat. Um, 8.30 p.m., a thump in what could be considered the attic. Uh, It is probably uh, uh. just a bird or a bat trapped, or a Chloe stumbling about up there. Yikes. I don't like that. If I heard a thump coming from upstairs, I'd be out. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever go back. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, speaking of noises, when a friend of mine found out that I was going to the Myrtles, he reminded me of the time when he sat down to listen to an EVP, which is electronic voice phenomenon, recording that a TV crew had made here. I did pause at the remembrance. How does one explain low-level growls in the background, shuffling sounds instead of creaks? My friend, normally level-headed, and the TV crew were so upset by the experience that they left soon after. Yeah, I would be upset by low growls (laughs) as well. Honestly, same. I hate that. Uh-huh. Um, 9 p.m. The wind picks up. It's a thunderstorm. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I guess I'm going to get the mood appropriate weather for my trip, huh? There's yeah. a thump on the window. Is that the Mm-mm. shutter hitting that side of the wall due to the wind? And will someone do something about the squeaky pipes? It sounds like a chair being dragged across the attic. Maybe it's a chair being dragged across the attic. That's what I would think too, honestly. <laughs> Um, 9.16pm One of those black cats must be in heat Because its yowl sounds otherworldly Oh god I figure out out the squeaking noise Are the shutters moving on the hinges And not crazy plumbing I peek outside, dark If there are ghosts out there, they could be having tea (laughs) Um, 10pm Checking out the photographs of the house I took earlier in the day I zoom in on various ones And then, here's something really strange I have what I call my fuzzy caterpillar image. It's one of the photos I took of the back of the house, and when I zoom in on the area where the pathway is between the gift shop and the main house, there's a shadowy image, much like like a shadowy black caterpillar that you can see through. Mm. I know it's not a caterpillar, and then I realize that my fuzzy shadowy figure is almost located in the exact spot that the shadowy figure, thought to be Chloe, appears in the photo at the Myrtles. Oh. That's a little bit creepy to me. That is a little bit creepy. Um, and this is really funny um, she says 12am I doze off <laughs> I love this I um, love this it's amazing and then um, there's more about like from 5am onwards um, just about her like falling asleep and being awake um, and then the last thing she has is 6am stroll into the gift shop where, girl, um, where guests can also have breakfast it's included in the room rate fun fact um, though they usually don't open until later, the cook gets me some hot tea and asks how my night was. I told him I slept soundly. He smiles. The black cat, plus another black cat, waits for me outside. 
I ask ask the cook how many there are, and he says 20. That's a lot of bad luck. (laughs) Or counter luck to tend. 20 black cats? Goodness. (laughs) Like, I'm just saying, that sounds like the most amazing time. It really does. (laughs) And, um... That is all I have from this week. It was a bit of a longer story, but I feel like there are a lot of ghosts here, and that's what I'm here for. I liked it. I just, I love the ending part where she's just like, 20 black cats. <laughs> I liked how sassy she was. She was really sassy. Hmm. No. <laughs> the best part. Um, does she just, like, does she go to haunted locations and write blogs about them? Like, is that what her blog is? You know, I'm not sure, actually. I just saw this one entry from her um, because I was looking up the plantation and it just happened to pop up. This was on, like, the third page of Google, though. (laughs) So, you know, that's just to put it in a little bit of context. It was also, like, one o'clock in the morning and I was like, wow, (laughs) creepy. (laughs) Just, like, dying laughing in my bed alone. Well, I think it really (laughs) added to the story. Yeah. I liked it. Um... Okay, do you have any life updates? Um, well, um, we're recording on Father's Day, so I hope everyone had a good Father's Day. Um, Yes, happy Father's Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, I came downstairs to let Diggy out to find that he has almost chewed, like, right down through the side of his cage, um, so that's really fun. Thank you for that oh, what a day. good boy. And I have to buy him a third cage because he keeps a doing this. Third cage? A third cage. Can you get any of that like bitter spray stuff that people use for puppies? I have. I have gotten bitter spray and I've sprayed it literally like so much. I have oh my god. And he does not care. He doesn't have to care. <laughs> he just has no sense of smell or taste. <laughs> Honestly, he might not. Love that for him. He's the worst. So, um, if anyone has any tips on what to do with a rabbit who likes to chew through <laughs> plastic, like, don't worry, he doesn't eat it. He, like, literally there's little shards of plastic all over the ground now because he chews it and then spits it out. So, at least he's smart enough not to eat it. But if anyone has any tips on what to do with a bunny who will not stop eating through their cage, um, let me know. I'm shocked that he's smart enough not to eat it, honestly. I know, me too. He's smart enough not to eat what he's not supposed to eat. Like, the carpet, he chews it up, but then he spits it out again. Which is annoying, but... (laughs) At least he doesn't eat it, you know? Yeah. Oh my god, he must be so excited to have a whole new carpet to chew on. Oh yeah, he's very happy to be able to chew on it, and Alan is very upset that he has to keep on telling him not to chew on it. (laughs) He won't listen. He's just the goodest boy out here vibing. Is he, though? Yeah. Is he really? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's debatable. I love him. He is the cutest, though. And he's lucky he's cute. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes these pets, I swear. Oh, If yeah. they weren't so cute, Simba would be on the streets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it for me. Do you have anything? Um. Oh, today I threw my phone down from, like, the top floor to the ground floor. <laughs> oh, um, boy. And it hit several stairs and landed oh. on the hardwood. <laughs> Did it crack? And it did not crack. Oh. It didn't crack at all. The case is perfectly intact. But then um, two days ago, or like three days ago, sometime soon ago, I dropped my phone from like the, my chair to the carpet. And um, now there's a crack on my phone screen. 
Nice. <laughs> so I just want to have some words with Apple. <laughs> Because that shouldn't happen. If my phone can survive, like, bouncing down the stairs, it should be able to survive a small tap from the chair to the carpet. Apparently not. Apparently not. It's really frustrating, but it's fine. I'm fine. My dad looked at me and was like, do you just want a new phone? Is that it? (laughs) After it bounced down all the stairs. (laughs) After it, like, yeeted itself out of my hand. Well, was that it? <laughs> Apparently. I think subconsciously, I was like, you know, it's time for a new phone. It's time for an upgrade. <laughs> time for an upgrade. Um, but yeah. Love that. that was my day today. It was really fun. That sounds amazing. It's a good time, <laughs> I will say. Um, all right. Do you want to do your little spiel? I should. I will. Um, I should. So, I should. I will. <laughs> um so find us on instagram at grim podcast um follow us like our photos dm us um and then from there there's a little button you can email us um our email is thegrimpodcast at gmail.com um literally say anything you want send us listener stories or like updates on your day or like i don't know just a little something you want to say definitely please do (laughs) yeah um interact with us <laughs> interact yeah um we're on facebook we need to use that more though um i really don't know how to use facebook but i'll try <laughs> yeah i love that we're supposed to be the generation that knows how to use technology and i'm oh, yeah. like uh, what is facebook i absolutely do not know <laughs> genuinely have no clue yeah <laughs> so we'll try to be figuring that out um and leave us a good review on apple podcasts and tell your friends family people on the street about us and that's it alrighty we're going to see you guys next week I actually have no idea what story we're doing next week Um, is it paranormal from Europe or is it true I don't know we'll figure it out (laughs) is it July next week no it's not okay yeah I think there's one more week of June true crime here okay well, it'll be true crime from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Alright. Well, we'll see you guys next week, and we hope you have a good week. Yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. And, yeah. We'll see, see you next soon. week. Bye. Bye.